Are you grieving? Or do you know someone who's grieving? Well, welcome to the Grieving Journey Podcast. Listen in while we use this safe space to share stories in hopes of touching the hearts, souls, and minds of those who are on the grieving journey. Now, here are your hosts, MindShift Life Coach Angel Morell Brown and Grief Recovery Specialist, Dr. Portia Lockett. Welcome back to another episode of the Grieving Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Morell Brown, and I have our co-host, Dr. Portia Lockett here. And today we are going to talk about the stages, the five stages of grief. So as you know, um, we've heard it, we've talked about it, we've heard other people talk about it. The five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Those are the stages that we hear about all the time. So today, Dr. Portia and I are going to talk about what we believe the stages of grief are, or if there are even any stages of grief. So Dr. Portia, what are your thoughts on the stages of grief? So my thoughts are this. I do believe that we all experience all of these uh, topics to a certain degree. We go through life, period sometimes in denial, periodically through life, Mm -hmm. denying the fact that, for example, um, we experienced COVID over the last three and a half years. And there were several individuals that were in denial that that pandemic uh, was even present, you know, in our lives until it began to get closer to home. And so that whole denial transitioned into Wow, this is a reality. Different things happen in our lives that we have to accept it. Even in relationships, you may be in a relationship for a long period of time and that person decides they don't want to be in that relationship anymore and we have to accept it. And sometimes we don't want to accept it. We want to keep trying to convince that individual that let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's make it work. I know we can work it out this time. But the other person is saying, you know, no, we've tried it enough. I want to move on. And so that person has to eventually come to the point of getting out of that denial and coming into that acceptance. And even though you may accept it today, tomorrow you may wake up and just say, you know what? I'm going to try it again. So there's different layers of that. Just to start with those two. What are your thoughts on that, Angel? Um, I I agree um, 100%. I don't think I've ever thought about it in that way. You know, thinking about the fact that these are things that we experience in life in general, not just, you know, during grief. But I, I definitely agree with that. Me personally, um, and we've talked about this before, I honestly don't believe in the steps of grief. Because to say that there are steps is to say that it's going to come to an end. So once you go through these steps, then it's over. You're going to be healed or you're going to be, <laughs> you know, you're not going to be in, on that journey anymore. And for many of us who are going through the grief journey or who have experienced the grief journey, it's a forever journey. It's not Mm -hmm. something that, you know, once you go through those five steps, then you're all of a sudden relieved of it. It doesn't work that way. So um, for me personally, I am not, I believe that those are things that we go through. Absolutely. I think you go through all of them and it's not linear. So you don't go through you know, denial and then go straight to being angry and then go straight to being depressed. You can go through denial and then get to acceptance and then go back to being depressed and then go through (laughs) bargaining. So, um, 
the steps are definitely not linear. So when I hear step, I think, I mean, I think of steps. I think you go up one step and then you go, you can't get to the other step until you go up the next step. So I, when I think of steps, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't equate that to the journey of grief. Mm-hmm. And when I think about my journey with grief, I think, again, it, it I was angry at first. Mm-hmm. I could not believe it. I went through the stage of denial. I don't think I've, I ever went through bargaining because mm-hmm. it was real for me. So I don't think that I ever went through, well, God, if you just do this one thing mm-hmm. and, and or if I, I'll never do this again, if you can just bring my mom back. Like I never went through that because it was real. I accepted it. But in my acceptance, I went through all of the other stages at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So for me, the steps of grief, I don't think that there are. I think there I would say more so stages than steps. I think that makes a little bit more sense to me. Yes. When I hear steps, I just hear that you have to go to one, to the next one, to the third one. And then once you get to the top, you're at the top and there's nowhere else to go. Right. I don't believe that's how it works. Yeah. And then the longevity of each stage could be different. So you could be angry for a week and then just say, you know what, I'm done with this and I'm moving on, Mm -hmm. you know, or you could be in denial, you know, for, you know, a long period of time. Right. Until it really sets in like, wow, this is this is real. Yeah. That person is not coming back, regardless of whether they're uh, deceased or not in the relationship or they just moved on, period. And you don't know what happened. So when you take a look at even being angry, there are a lot of people who get stuck in that angry mode because they don't get the right resources. They don't get the support that they need to help them to dig deep down to find out what is really causing that anger. Why are you so angry? We see so much anger going on in the world right now where people are acting out violently. They think that the only way to solve the issue is to create a violent situation, you know, fighting or, you know, shooting someone is going to end it all. That's the end all. Mm -hmm. And so we, we really have to dig deep, you know, into our own personal anger and figure out, you know, how am I going to get past this? How am I going to get out of this stage? Yeah. You know, what's holding me back? What do I need to move forward? Do I need to get into therapy? Do I need to get into counseling session? Do I need to get into a group support group? Do I need to get on medication? Do I need to go from a all to a holistic approach? What do I need to do to get out of this anger that's causing me? Because eventually that anger and all of these depression, the whole nine yards eventually impacts the whole person your spiritual being, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, your physical, and sometimes even your finances because you make uh, bad decisions, you know? So I have a question about anger because in the conversations that we've had with some of our guests on the show, they've um, expressed that they were angry with God. Mm -hmm. How would you help someone in your profession deal with that if they came to you and said that they're angry with God, what would you say to that? God understands and he still loves you. And I don't think that most people are really angry at God, angry with God. Like, why did you do this, God? It's more so of the the situation. Like, how, how did you let this happen? You know, why me? There are so many people in the world that are doing bad things, but we're good people. So why do bad things happen to good people? So there's a lot of questions. And I know when I talk to people, they always say, I've got a lot of questions for God. Mm -hmm. And I say, you know what? Me too. And then we try to move on. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. there are certain questions that we're going to ask that we never get answers to, period. That is true. Mm -hmm. That is true. Um, Another stage (laughs) or step of the grieving journey is depression. And when we think about like all of the different grief events, whether it be divorce, a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a pet, depression is something a lot of people try to tuck away. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in their grieving journey, they compartmentalize and they don't even realize that that is something that they're dealing with or going through. So how, again, being that this is something that you you deal with on a day-to-day basis, um, how do you help your patients um, deal with depression or what, what resources do you provide to them or would you suggest to them when they're dealing with that? while dealing with grief? You know, of course, every situation is different depending on the depression mm-hmm. um, experience that they're having. Um, but but we start off with, um, you know, looking inwardly, you know, however you feel, it's okay to feel that way, but it's not okay to stay that way. So let's begin to pull back the layers mm-hmm. because some individuals may be dealing with like onion layers of grief, onion layers of depression mm-hmm. that were never, ever addressed And a lot of times people respond in adulthood to certain things because their childhood issues were never addressed. So if you sit down and you talk with most uh, counselors or therapists, they will kind of go back and tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your relationship with your mother, your father, your siblings, the environment that you lived in. What were some things that made you happy or what were some things that took place that really made you uncomfortable? And so once you started getting, um, pulling back those layers and having those discussions, it really helps to uh, have the conversation to evolve and for us to be able to move forward in the discussion. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And as a life coach, that's some of the things that I actually have or conversations that I have with my clients as well, like helping them to. And I love the saying, peel the onion, because I say that <laughs> all the time in my day to my day job and as a life coach, because sometimes a lot of our trauma is not what we're currently dealing with. It's something that happened way back when that we haven't addressed. And now we need to figure that out so that we can unlock the key to that door to move forward. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I love that. Um, the other thing I like to, um, t- to, to drop our little nuggets of rocks. Because as we go through life, you know, just imagine yourself being on the beach of life, right? And as you go through life, we pick up various rocks along the way. Sometimes we're even forced to carry not even only our rocks, but others' rocks as well. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you're carrying this big backpack of rocks that seems so heavy and you can't move and you can't figure out what's going on because the load is so heavy. So you can't think straight. You lose your appetite. You can't, can't sleep. There's so many things that you can't do because you've got this load that needs to be released. So then in the discussion, we have to begin to unpack those rocks. First of all, let's go let go of the rocks that belong to other people. Let them carry their own mess, their own rocks. Mm-hmm. Now let's deal with the rocks that you have control over. Mm-hmm. And one would say that when you are carrying someone else's rocks or when you call yourself an empath, mm-hmm. that one would say that you don't have boundaries. Mm. What are your thoughts about that? Well, sometimes it's very hard, mm-hmm. you know, to set boundaries. And when you don't have boundaries that are set, guess what? Takers will take whatever they can take from you. Mm-hmm. They will take and they will take. But at some point, 
you're going to come to a point where you're just, you've maxed out. You can't take any more. And then you respond Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. And it just hits you like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I've been doing this. And then you start playing the blame game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in this situation because this is your mess. You got me into this. Mm-hmm. And so it's best if you can just to address it. And sometimes you have to tell people, you know what? Unfortunately, I can't listen to you today. We can't have this conversation today. I've got my own issues that I'm I'm, I'm dealing with, or I'm going to pray that you will be led to speak to someone else, especially when it comes to money. A lot of times people think just because of the way you are positioned, you know, you look very successful. They may come to you and ask for money and just think just because you're going to give it to them. And maybe in the past you have. Mm-hmm. And this one particular time you decide to say no. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that, you know, on, on a regular basis, you know, I'm going to pray that God will send someone else to you to be able to give you not only that $5 that you're asking for, but everything else that you need. But at this time, I cannot put myself in that position to help you financially. But prayer, you can't put a price tag on a prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when someone is going through their grieving journey, what boundaries do you think that they should create off the bat? What are some things that you think that they should do? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind to me is really not allowing anyone to tell you how you should feel. Yes. Like a lot of times when we're on our journey, Mm -hmm. people like to impart their own beliefs and opinions. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to get to a place where we cut that off immediately. Mm -hmm. And that's the boundary that we have to set. And not only, you know, not only will there be other people telling you how you should feel, but a lot of times we're telling our own selves how we should feel. I know for me personally, I thought that because I was a Christian, I should have been over the job. Like I should have been through it. I should have got through it much quicker than I did. Mm-hmm. And I was telling myself that. And that did not allow me to heal. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, I'm I'm thinking that, okay, well, I'm going to go through. This is when I learned that the stages didn't exist. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, I'm going through. I didn't went through all of these stages. Mm-hmm. I should be healed. I shouldn't be feeling the way that I feel right now. And I had to stop talking to myself that way and understand, and I say this all the time, that I had to feel in order to heal. And how long, however long it took me to feel during those times is however long it took me. And once I was able to understand that concept, then I was able to really start traveling on my grieving journey. Yeah. So for you personally, and even in your own experience, what boundaries did you have to create for yourself as you were on your grieving journey? Mm-hmm. Um, when people ask me what happened, you know, I I had to get to the point where, why is it, ask that person, why is it important that you know what happened by me telling you what happened and how it happened? Um, is that going to bring my son back? Is that going to bring my mother back? It's going to bring my father back. So sometimes people just don't know what to say. And I always say it's better to just be present and not say anything. And it's okay not to say anything because people are very quick to say things like um, they're in a better place. Mm, um, it'll get easier as the days go by. Uh, a lot of people will be very quick to quote scriptures to you at the beginning. Um, not to say those scriptures aren't good, but sometimes you're not in a space to receive them. Um, 
a lot of times people will say, you know, at least you're still young. You can have another child or you're still young. You can marry again. Um, God never gives you more than what you can handle. Don't cry. Don't feel bad. Be strong or it could be worse. And so when people say those things to you, it's okay to just say, you know what? Thank you, but no thank you. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to hear that right now. Well, this is what you need to do. And this is what, no, you can't tell me what I need to do because you've never been in my shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a group of sisters that we've all experienced uh, the loss of a a child, a loss of a son, as a matter of fact. And there's a poem called The Ugly Shoes. And when you talk about wearing these ugly shoes or basically being in this space, it's a space that you don't wish anyone else to experience. Mm -hmm. Even if it was your worst enemy, I don't have any enemies, but if you have a worst enemy, that's not a space where you would want someone else to be wearing those ugly shoes, walking down that path of losing a child. Because the norm is our children are supposed to outlive us. We're supposed to leave a legacy to our children. Mm-hmm. But when something uh, traumatic happens, you know, such as gun violence or uh, a chronic illness that takes place, or even just a child that just doesn't wake up and they just uh, label it as natural causes. Your grief is your grief, and one is not any greater than the other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's okay to tell people, you know what? I don't want to have that conversation today. Thank you, but no thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so what about you, uh, Angel? Um, do you feel that, that there is a, um, should be a time limit on grief? Or is there a certain place where you can grieve? Are there certain uh, spaces where you feel more comfortable grieving? Um, so time limit, no. <laughs> no, there. I used to think that. Again, you don't really know. You don't really know what grief is until you experience it. And then experience it on different levels, right? So my grief with losing my parents and my grandmother may be different from a grief that if I had lost a job or, and I may be able to get over that, you know what I mean? But going through grief of losing a loved one, I, I don't think that there's a time limit at all. And like I said, I think for, for me, it'll be a for everything. There has not been one day that has gone by that I have not thought about at mm-hmm. least one of them. You know, most of the time I think about all three of them because I have the pictures around me, but, um, No, I don't think that there is a time limit on it at all. As it relates to, what was your second question? You said, um, where? Where Mm -hmm. where to grieve? Yeah, where to grieve. Are there particular places where you feel more comfortable grieving or is there some places which we just shouldn't grieve at all? Um, So no, I don't think there's any places that you shouldn't grieve. Grief will sneak up on you at any point. Um, I was watching something the other day and it was a, a young girl who lost her mom and she was saying how, Um, Mother's Day is coming up and she saw uh, things about Mother's Day and it just immediately tears came over her and Mm -hmm. she was out. You know, Mm -hmm. that's how grief is. You can be totally fine and happy one moment and then the next moment, moment it will sneak up on you. And I think that the thing that we have to do is learn how to plan for those triggers because they're going to happen. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that we can do it's going to happen. Somebody, someone may ask you one of those questions like, well, what happened? And that can be an instant trigger for you. And mm-hmm. you just have to know how to handle that. And it's, it, I will say that. I will say that it's, it is um, tricky to really mm-hmm. plan for it. But when I say plan, I mean, knowing that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Don't think that it won't happen. 
I know for me personally, um, something that has helped me tremendously through my grief is travel. Um, when I'm in an airplane, I feel closer to God. I feel closer to my mom. I feel closer to my dad. I feel closer to my grandmother. I, I My mom really wanted to travel and my father, and they didn't really have the opportunity to. So for me, it was like, okay, I don't know when God is going to call me home. So because of that, I'm going to live my life every day, making sure that I'm, I don't have any regrets and that I did the things that I wanted to do. And so for me, that, that helps me to get through my grief. But as far as like coping mechanisms and, and time frames and where to grieve, like there's no real answer to any of those things because your grief journey is like a fingerprint is unique to you. That's what I would say to that. Yeah. That, that's that, that's really good. Um, I think that there, because we talk about so many components and different events of grief, you know, uh, because of what I do uh, as a spiritual advisor, you know, and a chaplain and a grief recovery method specialist, you know, I get men um, that will reach out to me um, because the times that we're living in have lost their jobs and they, they're grieving because they cannot provide for the family in the way that they have in the past. And uh, the job market totally looks different, mm-hmm. you know. And so when you can't get that job, you know, that you've been, you know, looking for, you've been putting all these applications in, you know, a lot of the times I'll just say, you know, you got to get creative. You know, what's your passion? What do you enjoy doing? You know, and sometimes we have to do things that we really don't want to do, but we have to do in order to bring home that paycheck every two weeks and have that insurance that's guaranteed, you know, for our families. And so sometimes we we're grieving because we're in that space. I don't want to be in that job. I don't like what I'm doing, but I'm doing it because I have to, mm-hmm. right. You know, or you may find yourself um, in a situation uh, where you're living with someone um, that you don't like, you don't love anymore. And I think COVID brought that out, you know, in, in a lot of households that, you know, it's fine when you're, when you're, seeing someone, you know, early in the morning and late in the evenings, but when you're all stuck in a house together, uh, 24 hours, not, uh, not able to really to breathe and, and do other activities outside of the home that brought a lot of grief. in. you think about the children who were not able to go to school Mm -hmm. and the fact that you had to have one child over here in this corner, somebody else in in, in another room and and all the children didn't even have all the necessary equipment, the, the computers in order to continue their education. And I can only imagine the teachers grieving because not being able to control what was going on. I was watching someone's video one day and it was interesting because the the child was in in the classroom on the video learning and one of the parents walked by uh, inappropriately dressed. You know, it wasn't intentional. It just it just happened, you know, and um, it was the teacher had to, you know, kind of get herself together, you know, because, you know, so I'm sure they were, they were grieving. We think about, you know, our world leaders, you know, grieving because the world is out of control. Yeah. You know, every time the police officers go out on the streets, they're grieving because, you know, I, I, I decided that I wanted to do this, but I don't know what's going to happen today. They put their lives on the line every single day. We talk about Homeland Security. We talk about fire departments, the sheriffs, all of those 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 individuals that put their lives on the lines every single day uh, with the um, the program mind of we're here to protect and to preserve and to keep our communities safe. Mm-hmm. And we hear negative things on the news every day. So we we think about all the different layers of of, of a grief, and when we don't resolve those grieving. 
um, pieces, those grieving rots that we've been carrying, there's no telling where we'll end up. Yeah. And we yeah. have to get that support, yeah. which can cause more grief. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then, <laughs> then we circle back to those stages of grief, like yeah, all over again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Dr. Porsche and I was just having this conversation and we wanted to, we were like, just sitting there. Well, we've had this conversation multiple times and I just thought it would be a good idea to just come on here and share that if you are, you know, on your grieving journey and you've been told about these steps um, or stages of grief. Don't get discouraged when you get through the stages and you still feel that pain. Yeah. And you're still traveling on that journey. Know that, again, the journey is not, or the stages are not linear and your journey is not linear. Mm -hmm. And as long as you continue to allow yourself to feel and acknowledge your feelings and face your feelings, you're going to be able to get through it. And also in knowing that you are not alone, there are people to support you. Um, We have therapists, we have pastors, we have chaplains, we have life coaches. There are so many resources that you have available to you. You have God first and foremost. So as long as you, you know, continue to allow yourself to feel so that you can heal and utilize the resources that are available to you, then you can get through on this journey. And as we begin to wrap up and close, Dr. Porsche, is there anything that, any last words that you have as it relates to the stages of grief with my air quotes. <laughs> yes, it's okay. I would just say it's okay to mourn. It's okay to grieve. And um, put yourself in a mindset of expect the unexpected because you just don't know how your grief journey is going to impact your life. Live through it. Breathe through it. Love through it. Learn through it. But most of all, when you are comfortable and ready, move through it. Mm. Mm. That was so good. I don't have anything else. That was a a mic drop right there. So (laughs) thank you all for tuning in um, on this episode. Again, if you are on your grieving journey or know someone who is on their grieving journey, don't forget to share this podcast with your loved ones, your friends, and those who may be experiencing this as well. Peace. Peace. been listening to the grieving journey podcast tune in weekly for new episodes that feature special guests who share their journeys with your host angel morell brown and dr portia lockett for more resources tools journals and healing cards go to drportialockett.com